Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we have an awesome special guest with us today, Jesse Esselman. Uh, he is um, a longtime listener of the podcast from the, from the very beginning, a longtime friend, and he's uh, actually gotten into some Brazilian jiu-jitsu here over the past uh, year or so. So we're, uh, we had lots of questions. We were talking about it offline and we we're just like, Hey, let's get you on the podcast. And let's, let's talk about this. It seems like it just keeps growing and growing. And a lot of the podcasts and things that Jared and I listen to are like, they do it as well. So we got tons of questions. Yes. So thanks for joining us, Jesse. Awesome. Excited to be here. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket. We will not go quietly into the night. They tell me you're a man with true grit. I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and talk about, I think, Jesse, first of all, thank you for joining us today. Uh, It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Jesse's one of our loyalist members and we love that his, he supports us. So we're like, man, this guy's so interesting. Anyway, we gotta, we gotta have him on. <laughs> so thank you, uh, for your patronage as well. Uh, but one thing I wanted to understand, so it seems like everywhere I look these days, especially within the, the guy sphere, <laughs> you know, with, uh, with anything that that's manly or, or, you know, these manly podcasts and shows and Instagram pages, it's all about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, Help me understand what's all the hype about. What's uh, what attracted you you to the sport? Um, yeah, so uh, I think initially what attracted. So I mean, I grew up. I wrestled all through high school and middle school, and so uh, and loved it. Um, loved everything about wrestling, and so I, was, I had been exposed already to kind of combat sports and grappling slash ground um, ground sports, and so. Um, I was already exposed to wrestling and a lot of the wrestlers, uh, college wrestlers end up going into MMA fighting or the UFC and they kind of adapt their wrestling and pick up jujitsu along the way because jujitsu wrestling is a big part of fighting in the MMA and UFC. And so I kind of knew the sport was always, they are always out there. Um, just because I saw these wrestlers start practicing jujitsu and uh, my wife gifted me an opportunity for my birthday one time to go to a, a gym, a jiu-jitsu gym, to try it out. And, you know, going in, I was like, oh, I might do this. Let's see how much it costs. And after I took my first class, I was like, I don't care how much it costs. I'm signing up. <laughs> L- little did she know. You're just yeah. like, and, uh, how, yeah. long, how long ago was that? So I actually signed up right before um, COVID hit. And so, like, I signed my membership, and then the next week they closed, oh, and so, I, so I couldn't practice, you know, participate for you know six months or so, and then uh, it opened back up in September. And so I've been going basically five times a week since then. So um, five times a week. What time do you go? So I typically go during my lunch hour. Uh, um, Benefits of working from home. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. I go. I go during the lunch hour, and then I'll hit a a class maybe one time during the week at night, one of the later classes. And then Saturday I'll go then. So cool. So how is Brazilian jiu-jitsu different than like wrestling? Yeah. So wrestling, the, the purpose is put your opponent's shoulders on the mat, right? To pin them. Um, in jiu-jitsu, the purpose is to submit them through either a choke or, um, 
an arm lock or a leg lock or or something that hurts, right? Where if you don't stop it, yeah. their arm will break, their shoulder will break, their yeah. you know, their pa- hyperextend pa- their pass out or tap out. Exactly. Yeah. Submit them where they have to tap out, as Ethan said. They have to give up. Yeah. As opposed right. to wrestling where it's just like get your shoulders on the ground. Yeah. Well, give up. If if you don't tap, you are going to go to sleep. Yeah, like yeah. you will or be break unconscious. Your arm or uh, something else. Or or break your arm, right? <laughs> yeah. Like um and so that's that's the main difference um, of pinning versus a submission of some sort. So I know in wrestling they have like a, a kind of a point system. Um, is that similar with with jujitsu? Yeah. Um, so they have points in jujitsu just like wrestling. So um, you have takedowns, uh, you have guard passes, you have bat takes, mounts. Um, but then regardless of points. It, whoever gets a submission wins, right? Just like in wrestling, you could be losing 10 to nothing. If you pin them, you win. Same in jujitsu, you could be losing. But if you get that submission and they tap, you win. Do you see more submissions or do you see more point victories? So the lower level guys, um, like I'm just a white belt. I'm still getting into the sport. Um, You know, so the lower level guys, you tend to see more submissions. Um, But these, you know, the black belts that compete at world championships, like... You will see submissions, but it's a lot more likely that they'll win like two to nothing um, or or off an advantage, which is another scoring system within the sport itself. I'm still learning the scoring myself. Um, oh, interesting. Um, but yet the high level, you know, just like in wrestling, they're really high, high level guys. Um, their technique is just so basically perfect um, where you, you see a lot less pins in college wrestling um, and almost no pins in international wrestling. Um, same thing with jujitsu. As as the higher level guy, as you get to the higher level guys, there's just not as many submissions. So interesting. Now it's it's very interesting. So you said you went to your first class and you were just like fell, fell in love, right? Yeah. And you're just like, oh man, this is so cool. Uh, probably because it threw you back to your wrestling days, and you were like, oh, this is like I have a passion for this. What? And I guess from what I've seen of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, typically you just kind of stand out. You start out in almost like a hunkered down position. Somebody's grabbing, you're grabbing each other's gi or you're almost in like a, almost you're basically on the ground already. But there's no very little standing fighting. Is that right? Um, no. And in, in a competition, you actually start standing. Okay. Um, in, in the room, like at the gym, we'll start in all kinds of different positions to practice them. Okay. Um, a lot of times we'll stand on our knees um, or, or sitting down on our, on our butts. Um, and go from there. But in a competition, you do start um, standing. Both guys start standing. And then you what? You try to throw the other person? or So you can do one of two things. You can either go for a takedown, um, or you can do what's called pulling guard, which basically means you, um, you, you basically sit down to your butt and pull into a guard position. Um, you don't actually give up any points by doing that. Um, you're just changing the form of grappling. Yeah. Um, and so there's two ways you can go about it, right? You can get the takedown through a throw or through, you know, a leg attack or something. Um, or you're, if you feel more comfortable playing guard, which guard is, you know, if you pull guard, you sit to your butt and kind of sit to your back and try to get them in, in a closed guard position. Um, so you can do either of those options in a, in a competition. So, so I know you're, you said your wife gifted you, um, kind of this this experience to start out with i mean obviously you had you had suggested it to her probably or you had been talking about it and, and she caught on to that w- where did you hear about it before was it 
um, you know, I, I don't remember hearing really anything about jujitsu and like high school and stuff like that. I mean, when did you first hear about it? And then did you have people that you like researched or looked at or followed that, that do it kind of motivate you to get into it? Yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those things of, you always have those things. Oh, I'd like to do this one day and maybe you never get around to it. Oh, I'd like to do this or this kind of would be fun kind of. Um, and I think, you know, my first exposure was, um, kind of like I was saying, all the wrestlers that I'd followed kind of started doing jujitsu and using it in their, in their fights. And, um, and that was really my limited knowledge of it. And I was like, you know, martial arts is cool. You know, you hear about all the other martial arts that are out there. And I always thought, oh, it'd be cool to kind of get into a martial art, whether it be jujitsu or karate or whatever it is. Um, but I knew jujitsu was grappling. It was a ground, yeah. it was a ground and pound type sport, very similar to wrestling. So, so I kind of gravitated toward jujitsu just because of that wrestling background. Um, and so just in passing to my wife, you know, I think it'd be kind of fun to do this. I wonder if I should go try it out, but I, I never, it never really materialized. And then finally she said, all right, you're, you're going to go do this and gave it to me for my birthday. And it was just a free trial, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't committing to signing up for, <laughs> but, but she let you do the committing. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. But like I said, once I went, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is going to be for me. One of the things I've heard about the pros of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is one, you get, you're in a competitive environment, which a lot of guys don't get the opportunities to be in competitive environments very often. Two, it's low impact. You're not really like punching each other or really kicking each other. It's a good exercise, but it's not like, I mean, you're like kicking each other in the face or anything like that. So you can do it five times a week, you know? Right. Um, is there any other advantages or like, I mean, those were just the two that I kind of heard of that I was like, oh, that is true, you know, that made me think about maybe trying it myself. Yeah. So like you said, so like with uh, with striking, you know, boxing or Muay Thai, you, you know, you can only spar so many times a week, right? And even when yeah. you do spar, you can't go 100% because you can only take so many blows to, the, to your head in your entire life, right? But in jiu-jitsu, I spar every time I go, and I go 100% every single time. And when I, you know, do a submission on someone or they do it on me, like it's 100%, right? If I don't tap, I'm going to pass out. Like if they don't tap, they will pass out from this joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's 100% real, full, live every single time. Um, and so I enjoy that aspect of every single t- time I get to go in the gym, I get to do the sport. Like I get to do the real thing. Um, and so I enjoy that part of it, you know, and you're going hundred, a hundred percent every time you spar. And so you, it is quite a cardio workout. Um, and so I'm not much of a runner. Um, but I understand that working your cardiovascular system is an important part of staying healthy. Oh yeah. And so I kind of used jujitsu as a good way of like, um, I don't want to go on a five mile run, but I need to exercise my you know, my cardiovascular system. And so, um, I find this is a good excuse of like, I'm going to go get a workout in and really get my heart rate up, get my blood flowing and, and exercise my, my it's cardio. like, um, I remember whenever we were little Jared and I, we had, we had a trampoline and we would jump on the trampoline for hours 
And it would be, I mean, we'd be wrestling and jumping on the trampoline and everything for just hours at a time. Right now, if I got on a trampoline, I'd jump for about three minutes and then I'd be like, I'm done. <laughs> like That's because the trampoline would break. Well, yeah, but you know, it's just like, it's just that kind of that cardiovascular when you're having, yeah. system. It's just like, I'm, you're not used to just that constant movement. Of, and when you're having fun doing something, you don't even notice it. Like I can go out and play a game of soccer or, or Frisbee or something and not even notice it. But then if I'm, you know just running i'm like this is miserable every right. single step yeah so what are some of the rules in jujitsu like what can't you do uh, when you're grappling um yeah so i'm still learning a little bit of like the more technical rules myself so they have limits on what you can on what submissions you could go for based off your belt um but there are some like the knee is typically they they really try to protect the knee um because basically any position you can think of like you can get to that position in jujitsu because you could be inverted in so many different ways and so um they just try there's different things that you can't maneuver the knee so you want to break someone's it tear someone's acl right to cause injury there so um the the term that i hear used is like raking the knee and and it's raking the knee in such a way where it kind of goes against the the movement of the joint which obviously can can cause it to to injure I know that um, there's obviously probably, I mean, no, like, eye gouging. Right, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. sucker punches and stuff like that. Like, un- Can you, pu- un- you can't punch it. at all, though, right? No, no, no punching, no. yeah. Um, I, I know that, and maybe in wrestling, like a, I don't know, like a rear naked choke in wrestling where you just, like, just get somebody, like, just choke somebody is probably uh, out, but is that... Good. I mean, is that fine? And that's good jujitsu technique yeah. right there. Yeah. No. And rest. Right. Like you said, in wrestling, you can't choke somebody or or put them in a position that could hurt, could hurt their arm. But in jitsu, that's the point, right? And if I get you in a position where I'm choking you, like you tap, right? Yeah. To, to end the to end the match. Have you ever pa- have you ever seen anybody? Have you ever been? You ever passed out? Uh, in after getting choked out? No, I haven't. Not yet. You've always tapped earlier. Like, oh. I've always tapped in time. Like, I'll try to fight it as long as I can, but sometimes it goes quick, right? If, you know, when I'm going with a brown belt or a black belt or even a purple belt and they get me in a good, like, blood choke, I mean, it gets tight that so tunnel, quick. That tunnel vision, Guster. <laughs> it gets tight very quickly, and if you don't tap, like, you're going to sleep. So, <laughs> so yeah. And, you know, and it's all in good fun, right? Yeah. Like They're not trying to hurt you. Right. They're not trying to hurt you, and, you know, if you get tapped, no big deal. Shake hands. Let's go again. Like, yeah, it, it's all in good fun. And so there's really no, there's no reason not to tap. Right. There's no reason not to tap. Um, they don't want to like hurt a you. Pride thing. Exactly. Um, jujitsu is a great way to, to get humbled anyways. Right. Like I'm a white belt. So I'm just learning. Like I went against one of my black belt professors one time and he's 135 pounds and he just and you're a big i mean you're a big guy you're like six yeah, two I'm plus like and you're 210 yeah you know six one six two and he just worked me like he didn't even break a sweat um and so you know you're gonna get submitted a lot regardless of what's how you learn you learn exactly. by getting submitted um and that's really at all levels the whole through the time um, even as you progress in your belt, you're going to get submitted over and over and over and over and over again. And that's how you learn. And, the, 
you know, and that's part of the sport and that's what makes it fun to submit and get submit and it, it's all good. And so you just yeah. tap and you move on to the next, to the next round. Have you ever been hurt? Um, I mean, obviously not broken, but I mean, maybe broken bones or whatever else, but like bumps and bruises. I mean, what do you typically, what hurts after you, uh, um, yeah, I mean, just nicks and dings. Like I think I dislocated my pinky toe one time. Um, never that, even heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. It, it hurt pretty bad, but I just instinctively like grabbed it and popped it back in and it hurt, but I was, it was fine. It wasn't broken or anything, but nicks, I get bruises all the time on my triceps. Um, I got elbow right here in, in the right above my eye a couple weeks ago. Um, had a little bruise. So you get nicks and dings, um, but nothing, nothing have, serious. Have you ever had to drain your ear? Like no. getting smashed? No. Uh, one of my buddies, he does Brazilian just do it. And it, he once they got hit in the ear or something because his ear was all swollen, like, you know, like the cauliflower ear. Or we're getting smashed on something and he had to drain it out with the you know, with the syringe and everything. I'm like, Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I've never had that. Even through my time wrestling, I've never really, I don't know if it's genetics. I've never really had a problem with, you know, trauma to my ear. Some, some of the guys at the gym do get it and they just ice it. Typically it heals just fine. So, um, that's crazy. Yeah. It's just weird how some people do get it and other people don't, but do you ever see people wear like, headgear like protective yeah some some guys do they'll wear headgear when we start to like roll live um and it's fine it's, it's typically a softer headgear just enough to prevent the trauma um to the ear but most don't but there's a few that decide to wear it and it's no big deal so what's the typical attire of um jujitsu i mean so there's two different um attires i guess or styles is gi which is you know pretty standard across martial arts. You have your gi. Um, and then there's a style where there's no gi. Um, and in the gi, you can grab the gi. You can use the gi to choke them. You can um, wrap the gi around their arm. You can grab their pants. You can, the gi is part of them. You, Untie their belt and wrap it around their neck. <laughs> choke them out like Rambo or something. Um, um, but anything goes as far as the gi goes. Anything goes as far as the gi and the belt. You can grab the belt yeah. too. Um I don't think you can take it off of them and wrap it around. What about the non gi Is this like a na- is this like a naked thing? <laughs> or like what? Like no shirt? No, like, you wear a. You just wear like boxer shorts or something. Yeah, board shorts type thing. You um, wear a shirt and a ra- yeah a rash guard. Oh, okay, just a tight fitting shirt. Huh. Um, but you can't pull on. You can't pull on the clothing, right? It's just arms, legs, um, things like that. So it, it's no gi is similar to wrestling where you can't like pull on the singlet, right? You it's just body parts. Um, but in key, you can, you can use any, does your gym do both? My gym does both. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we do more ghee than no ghee. Um, but yeah, both is offered. You can't like stick your fingers inside, uh, the sleeves of like your other, the, the, the opponent, um, just cause there's a wrist injury to the fingers, right? If they try to yank on it, you could fingers get caught up. Yeah. Um, so there's little things like that. Like you can't stick your fingers inside their pant leg, but you can grab the leg, you know, yeah. you can grab all around it and everything else. So Interesting. You twist it up and hold it. So as far as competition goes, I know that you've, you've competed in a couple different, what are they called tournaments? Tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you done both gi and non-gi? Yeah. And so, how, how do those tournaments go for you? Yeah. So I've done two different tournaments. Um, 
the first tournament was just gi. Um, and this was a typical like bracket tournament where you win, you advance, and then you go against the guy who won on the opposite side of the bracket. Is it done by like weight class or oh, how yep. belts or belts, weight class, and age? Oh. Yeah. So there's a lot of different tiers there. So belts in, in jujitsu, the belts are white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt. Um, so there's five belts there. Um, in the youth division, there's a whole lot of belts, but for the adult division, it's white, blue, purple, brown, black. So it goes by belt. Then it goes by weight. So you have weight classes, right? 210, 185, and then age. Um, and so in the IBJJF tournaments, it's bracketed off by five-year five year groups. Um, if you're you know, 40, you can compete in the 40 to 45 age bracket, or you can compete in the any of the ones. You just have to be um, that age requirement to compete in any bracket. So, um, and this so one, what, I, what, what, what bracket did you compete in? Like 30? So I just competed in the adult bracket, which is you can be any age. You can be an 18 year old. Um, I, I could technically do what's called master one, which is 30 to 35 because I'm 31. But uh, there were more guys, right? Because I'm going to participate in my sport. There were more people in the adult bracket. So I just said, I'll just do that one because I want to, like, I want to do this sport. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was, I did win both of my matches for that tournament, um, by points. And then I did another tournament a few weeks later and I did gi and no gi, um, in that tournament. And that was a round, round robin style. So five guys went in, we all competed against each other. Um, and you know, you got your medals based on your record. And so in gi, I I won gi for that tournament as well. And then I got silver in the no gi, um, so in the first tournament, you said you only had two wrestle, two matches. I had two matches in, in jujitsu. They call them fights. Fights. Yeah. So I had two fights in in the first one, and then the the next one, I between gi and no gi, I had a seven. Oh wow! In one day, so that was yeah, that was exhausting. I was dead yeah. at the end of the day, but it was a lot of fun. I had I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, and you know, I got to kind of like what you said. I got to compete. I got to challenge myself, which I really hadn't been able to do since high school yeah i didn't really get to go out and compete um i mean yeah you play pickup basketball or whatever um but it's it's a little bit different when like you're going to run a one-on-one exactly yeah yeah so um, how how long do uh, matches typically go for so again it depends on the belt but for mine for white belts is five minutes um and typically it depends on the tournament is Um, it rounds or is it just like it's just, just one, one five minute round. One five minute go, start to end, start to end. Unless you get taps out first. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you get a submission and then it stops right when the submission happens. Um, and the Black Belt World Championships, I think the matches are 10 minutes long. Um, and so as you get higher belts, the matches get a little bit longer. But That sounds exhausting. Yeah. Five minutes is yeah. exhausting. <laughs> so you did like the all adults, you did all adults bracket and the... What weight range? I did 210. Is it every 10 pounds or what is what are the ranges? It depends on the tournament, but it's typically about every fit 20 pounds. Okay. And then so, and they were all white belts. They, they were all white belts. Okay. Yeah. They were just like me, all white belts. So everybody that I went up against was a year and a half or less probably into jujitsu. 
Now, did you try to lose weight for this or were you just like, I'm just going? So the first one I just went. Um, and the first one I did, the 200 and 225, those guys were heavy. <laughs> <laughs> those guys were so heavy. I didn't cut any weight, you know, because I was weighing about 220. Um, and they were just heavy. And I was like, golly, this is harder than in the gym. Um, and then the next one, you know, I gained a little bit of weight with COVID. And so I was like, well, you know, this is a good reason to try to lose a little bit of weight. So I, I cut a little bit of weight um, for the second one and, and got down to 210 for that one. Do they actually do like weigh-ins and stuff when you yeah. get there? Yeah. They're not as like the company, the two companies that I competed in, they weren't as strict with it. Like if you were 211, then yeah, they were like, just like, yeah, go ahead. Now in the IB, so IBJJF is like the main organization um, I haven't competed in one of their tournaments yet. I'm sure they're very strict. Like if you're point one over, you're you're out. You can't compete, right? But these other ones that have like traveling tournaments, they're a little bit smaller groups. They, you know, they they're a little bit more lenient with the weight. Um, you had mentioned something earlier. I kind of want to go back to, so you'd mentioned that, you know, it's, we were talking a little bit about finding something that you just really enjoy and that you, you're into, and that just kind of brings you that, I, I don't know, motivation or whatever it may be. And, and you just said you, you kind of use it as motivation to lose weight. And how has it been having something? And I think there's a lot of guys out there that they just, they're just living life and it's almost like I'm just living day to day and I'm going to work and I'm doing whatever. How has it been for you in finding something that you, that really not, not, not that gives you purpose in life, but that like you just really enjoy doing. How has that been for you? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's been really nice to have like a legitimate hobby, you know, cause like you said, I get co- so, so caught up in work and family with my kids, like trying to make sure everything's, you know, squared away with all that. Um, kind of lose yourself a little bit. You kind of lose yourself a little bit. And, um, it's been really good to like have a hobby that I stick to, that I love, that I, I look forward to going, you know, to jujitsu every day. A lot of people, when they start jujitsu, they get like the jujitsu bug, you know, you almost get addicted and you're like, I want to go twice a day, every single day. Um, you were just like, no, no, no. One time is fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I typically don't go twice in one day. Every so often on, on a Friday, I'll go twice in one day, but I'm a one, one time a day kind of guy. So, um, so it's been, you know, a lot of fun to like have a hobby. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, it's just a hobby that I really, really enjoy. I mean, even the tournaments, like, doesn't matter if I win or lose this tournament. It's for fun, right? At the end of the day, it's, oh, yeah. it's for fun. Um, it's a hobby that I really like. Um, it's super fun. It's got great health benefits. You know, it's a practical skill for self-defense. Um, and so uh, it's nice. And, and I feel like I can do this for a long, long, long time. You know, um, there's gyms. If you look up on your phone right now, wherever you're at, you could probably find a gym within 15 minutes of your house, most likely. Because um, like we said, you know, this, the sport's growing quite a bit. Um, 
And so I feel like I can do this sport for a long time. Um, you know, I may not compete forever as I get older, but like I have every intention at this point to, you know, the average, they say the average person gets their black belt in about five, not five years, 10 years, five years would be absurdly quick, but 10 years. Um, and so I feel like, you know, in 10 years, I'll still, I want to still be competing and, you know, or practicing this, this sport and I hope to get my black belt and, and keep going after that to, for it to just be this hobby that, um, that I can hopefully, you know, teach for a long time or yeah, teach your kids. Exactly. Yeah. Cool so are there, are there kids that do it as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the tournaments there was like four and five year olds out there, you know, <laughs> scrapping and it was, it was fun to watch them. Um, and that's the other thing, like, you know, I, go to these tournaments and I kind of, my son's only three years old right now, but as he gets older, I kind of want to see him, you know, dad is, is putting in time and effort to like perfect his craft in jujitsu. Like I'm working at something, I'm trying to be better at something. And so just trying to set an example for him even early on, like if you want to be good at something, um, you know, you got to practice, right? World champions practice for a long, long, long time. And so, that's another reason why I want to kind of do jujitsu for, for as long as my body will allow me to, is just, um, you know, for all the things that I've said, but also, so my son can see, okay, dad works hard too. And he can kind of reflect that in whatever yeah. sport that he choose to participate in. I, I like the aspect of kind of what you're saying is that, um, it's not only, uh, it's a hobby, but it's a, a functional hobby. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by a functional hobby? Um, well, it's a practical skill to have, like it is self-defense, right? Has um, it maybe, has that given you more confidence? Not that you're like, it put yourself in bad situations, but for, for sure. You know, um, I mean, someone who's been practicing jujitsu for, for six to nine months, um, you know, they're still very new in the jujitsu world, but versus the regular person that has no grappling experience, they're going to handle them pretty good. Like they're going to basically be able to control them for the most part. Um, as long as there's not a huge like strength and size difference, they'll, they'll be able to, to, to control them for the most part. And so, you know, I had my wrestling experience and so, you know, I still kind of had that, but to have jujitsu on top of that, um, to feel comfortable in a lot of like positions, to feel comfortable being on bottom and know what to do in those positions. Um, it does give me a little bit of comfort to know, right? Heaven forbid if a confrontation were to happen that I could at least, um, submit somebody, submit, detain somebody, detain somebody and then get away from the situation or, 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 you know, submit somebody and ultimately like put them to sleep and then walk away or hold them until the cops got there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I think I heard a quote once that said that you can't say that you're a peaceful person if you're incapable of doing harm. Because you have to be capable of doing harm to be peace, to choose to be peaceful. If you're just, if you can't do harm to anybody, then how are you peaceful? You, you're just, that's just what you are. You just can't. And so uh, you have to be able to choose peace. peace. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, I, I, was, I was watching this one video. There's this guy, and basically he was in like a department store, and somebody came up, somebody came up to him. Some guy was like irate and came up to him, and I don't know if they had a confrontation or whatever, but one guy just started just wailing on the other guy and he kind of fell down the guy that got hit and he just kind of 
like curled up in a ball and was the other guy was just like kicking him and beating on him and stuff. And then the guy who was kind of doing like a narrator of the, the video uh, does does jujitsu and and he kind of shared a couple techniques of like you know using your feet to create distance and things that this guy could have done to not so much like control the situation but just like defend himself and give himself a couple extra seconds of of like separation and I always kind of thought that was really cool that it, it kind of teaches maybe a little bit of that separation and, and using your, your legs potentially or tactic to stand up or something just to, so that you can run away, but just get that separation, um, in, in, in that type of situation. And I'm sure somebody who's been doing it for six or nine months definitely would, would be able to understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, cause at the end of the day, like you don't want to be in a fight. And so if you know just enough jujitsu to like basically get away, I mean, that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to get out of the confrontation without injury. The other thing um, I was talking about earlier, how jujitsu, you go 100%, like you do the real thing. Um, And that's another aspect I really like about it. Because when you're in a confrontation, if somebody were to attack you, like you have to be able to snap in, snap in and get ready to go instantly. Like you can't go into like a shocked phase. And so when you're competing every single day, you're used to someone coming at you 100%. Like when we're scrapping, the guy's coming at me. with all his might, like he's coming to submit me or he's coming to put me in an arm bar. And so, um, I'm used to going a hundred percent. And so I feel like in a situation where somebody were to charge me, um, I'd be that much more reactive and ready to like, all right, I have to be ready to defend myself and be a hundred percent go time. You know? Yeah. You're like training yourself to be in a situation where you can respond to someone's hundred percent energy. Right. Exactly. Or aggression towards you, I guess. Yeah. Very cool. One of the things I, w- I was wondering about is, and you mentioned this at the beginning, I don't care how much this costs. Let's just do it. <laughs> I'm wondering, what is the outlay? Or what is like the monthly cost one would expect getting into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, so I mean, all the classes are, you have a, per- a, a professor, is what we refer to our coaches, is you know you have a professor that's teaching in person. So it's not like an open gym where you just go in, you lift weights and no one's there to monitor. Right. Um, and so, um, of all the gyms that I've looked at, cause I've kind of looked at different gyms in, in the Charlotte area and typically, um, anywhere from about 150 to 180 a month to go unlimited amount of times. Um, so typically they'll have a phase thing where it's like, if you come two times a week, you pay 120, and then unlimited, you can pay, um, 165 you know 160 165 and so and then you have like maybe like a gi purchase or something like that on top of that or yeah so you can buy your gi from anywhere um you know they sell them on amazon for as cheap as 60 70 bucks um some of the nicer ones are 150 to 200 um but yeah you have to have a gi um so that's typically how much it'll run you cool. and, that's, it. that's and, good to know and they offer the the two times a class. I actually initially signed up for the twice a week class. And then after a couple of months, I was like, yeah, I want to start coming more often. So I upgraded. <laughs> so how, how do you, do you, do you, do you is it called wrestling or, or grappling or what do you, what do you say? Um, grappling or, um, like whenever, whenever, you, whenever like you go to the gym, you say I'm going to the gym to roll or, or is like, how do you say train? train? Okay. Most people will say I'm going to the gym to train. So like, do you, is it a full hour at your lunch? I mean, are you like 
there? Could you shower after and then go back to work? Yeah. Well, yeah. So the classes um, isn't is a full hour. I, luckily, I live really close to the gym, and so I hop in the car, I go. I just take a little bit longer lunch, right? Yeah, yeah. Work a little bit later, start earlier in the morning. Um, yeah, I just hop in the gym, go get my class in, drive home, shower, eat lunch at the eat lunch at the work desk. So yeah, that's nice. So what are you gonna do when you have to go back to work? Oh, I'll just adjust my schedule. I mean, if if I have to get back into the office, I'll just hit hit more of the nighttime classes, um, and just work yeah. through it. That's awesome. So yours, what where part of town you're you're in Arboretum area, right? Yeah. So is it one in the Arboretum? Yeah. So, um, interestingly enough, there's one. Uh, the shopping center is called the Galleria. It's oh, right yeah, yeah. In Matthews, um, just on the edge of Charlotte. And so uh, my professor, the owner of the gym, his name's Lucas Lapree, uh-huh. and he, uh, he he's basically you know he's his gym's two miles from my house, and it's just funny that basically one of the greatest jujitsu practitioners to ever live has his gym two miles from my house. Like Lucas Lapree, and it's hit, he is in class pretty much every time I'm there. Um, he's a six-time world champ in gi and a three-time world champ in no gi. Oh, so wow. he's, he's a nine-time world champ. Um, and basically anybody who, who kind of knows jujitsu or, you know, the upper belts kind of and follows the sport, like Lucas Lapree is a name that they will recognize. Oh, cool. Like he's one of the greats um, in the jujitsu world. So I feel really lucky that his gym's two, two miles <laughs> from my house and I get to be coached by one of the, the, one of the best. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, it, it that's always a benefit being able to like have someone or a, a professor or teacher that really knows their stuff and that, that has like kind of the pedigree of, of success, yeah. right? I mean, any black belt that's earned the, you know a legitimate black belt, they're gonna because there's other doing. professors there that are just you know black belts. They haven't won world championships, but like I said earlier, I went with a black belt. He's not a world champ, and he demolishes me like. <laughs> I don't stand a chance. Um, and so, you know, even brown belts and purple belts can be really, really good professors um, and teachers. Um, but, yeah, like Lucas Lapree is, um, you know, a, a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant of the yeah. jiu-jitsu world, right? He's He is truly one of the best, you know, if you were to list the top five jiu-jitsu guys right now, he's in the top five for sure. Um, That's super cool. So, so you, you mentioned earlier that there's certain moves that you can do when you're first into jiu-jitsu, but maybe as a white belt, you have cert- you can't do certain other moves. Uh, so, like if I was to go to the like, let's say I was going to go to the gym and like I was basically said wrestle with this guy or roll with this guy, and I just like start doing you know whatever I think I need to do to, to make him like not want to wrestle me yeah. or tap out or anymore. Like, is that? Would I run afoul of many things I shouldn't be doing? I mean, well, typically they don't they don't let you go live and spar your first day in, okay. right? Um, so typically they'll say you have to come to thirty classes or do thirty hours of of jujitsu and technique before you can start rolling. Um, so most guys will come to the gym and it takes them, you know, if you come every other day, it'll take you you know two months to get to get thirty classes where you can start rolling, and so. 30 classes is enough to kind of get a few basic moves in each position that you can at least try and go for. Um, 
you know, and they do just say like, when in doubt, just tap, like, you know, and, um, they always try to, you know, be careful of the knees and whatnot. And there are some things that like, there are foot locks and straight ankle locks. Um, I haven't even quite learned them yet and, and I don't do them. Um, but they say in, in our gym, they're like white belts. You're not allowed to, to do these. And the, they tell the upper belts, like when you're going against the white belt, don't put them in a straight ankle lock. Do you ever watch YouTube videos and you're like, Oh, that's a cool move. I want to try that. Oh, all the time. All the time. I did one the other day and it's like, I just watched this. Um, um, cause there's different positions that I try to focus on when I go into the gym. Like I'll go into the gym and say, okay, I want to focus on like this position. And there was, yeah, I watched something on YouTube and I tried to replicate it. And most of the time it doesn't work. Like, um, as is everything, you know, you got to try it multiple times. Uh, this time it was actually able to work. Um, but yeah, I'll watch something on YouTube and give it a shot. And, and the guy was like, what the heck was that? And you're like, that's well, my secret sauce. You don't know, yeah, I'm not going to teach you that. <laughs> doesn't Vladimir Putin, doesn't he do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Oh, I don't know. I think he does. Uh, Sounds like something he'd do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does because I, I think I've seen him like wrestle. Like he went to a, a match one time and he like got on the mat and was showing this guy how to do a move. And it's like, yeah. Well, wrestling is huge in Russia. Uh-huh. Like Russia is the best wrestling country. They almost win the world championships every year. Um, so it doesn't surprise me to hear that he uh, he would be in a grappling sport. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I thought it was kind of interesting, you know. Definitely whoop up on most of our presidents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll hold my tongue. Um, so how has, uh, maybe more into the philosophy of, of this, how has Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu made you a better person? Um, so I think two things, um, other than like the health aspects, right? Um, um, confidence and humility, I think which can sometimes be opposites, but humility first, because you just get submitted all the time. Right. Like, um, and you just learn to like be okay with it. So, you know, I'll say if someone's starting out in jujitsu, I would tell them expect to be submitted all the time. Right. Cause even as a white belt and you're going up against another white belt, if that white belt's been com- practicing for six months, you're going to struggle. Like you may go two, three months and not get a submission. And there's two ways you can look about, look at it. You can either say, oh, this is terrible. I come in all the time. I get submitted every time. I don't like this. I'm done. Or you can say, man, I got to learn this. These guys are kicking my butts. I've got to learn this. This is awesome. I, like, I'm going to tr- keep trying, and I'm going to get better, and I'm going to figure this out. And you do, right? You get better. You learn the moves, and then eventually you start to submit. To, to get submissions and, and get people. Um, and so just having the attitude of like, you know, you get submitted, it's okay, you move on, it's, it's for fun. Um, and the other one is just having the confidence of, of and, and as, you know, even more so as I, I get further into this sport, because um, once you get to, you know, white belt and blue belt are kind of the entry-level belts. But if you're a purple belt, like, you're pretty dang good at jujitsu. Like you're, you know what you're doing, you know, white belts, blue belts, it's still learning. It's, but like, if you're a purple belt, you're good. Like you could probably submit 
98% of the people you come across in public. Exactly. You can probably submit 99.9% of the world population. You know? <laughs> like if you're a purple belt, you're really good. Um, I've never submitted a purple belt. Right. Um, and so I've gone have you with submitted a blue belt. I have submitted some blue belts. Yeah. But never a purple belt. And I've gone with lots of them. I've gone with purple. I've gone with brown. I've gone with black and you know, um, um, I've never submitted a purple belt, right? And so, if you're a purple belt, so, you know, as I progress in this sport, you know, and I have this confidence of, if I'm ever, because, you know, I want to be able, I never want to be in a situation where my family's at risk and I, I can't at least protect them in some form or fashion. Um, and so, or, or myself, right? And so, um, to have the confidence to know, like, if somebody gets aggressive with me for whatever reason, you know, to have the confidence to know I can handle myself, um, I think, you know, it is a very practical and, and good skill that, that I'm proud to have and continue to grow on. Yeah. I think those are, those are awesome principles that you can probably apply to your personal creed as well. Right. That's right. Um, what's, what's next for you? I mean, are you just going to stick with, uh, with jujitsu or are you going to maybe as you're building your jujitsu, you're going to explore, I know some gyms do like, you know, jujitsu and Muay Thai or striking and grappling. What's, what's your interest? Yeah. So I always want jujitsu to be my main thing. Like that's always going to be my main thing. Um, but I do want to learn striking. Um, like obviously striking is an important aspect of, of any sort of fight or self-defense. Right. Um, so I'd like to either, unfortunately my gym you know lucas lapri is a jiu-jitsu master and so he just does jiu-jitsu um um, but i would like to do boxing or muay thai or something just to get some basic striking just the fundamentals um it's not something that i think i would go super deep into um, but just get the fundamentals of you know the head movement how to throw a technical punch right like i don't know how to do that like yeah. what's the technique but trying throwing a powerful punch like swing my arm that's all that i know <laughs> ball my hand up you know <laughs> swing both arms in the motion like this exactly like how do i swing Open without palms and just fl- <laughs> fluttering hands you know stop it so um yeah. you know I, so- I think that's i think that's huge i think that's that's smart and not or at least yeah going deep into one but then having knowledge of other bases as well as it would it is definitely smart. Yeah. So, you know, I want to do jujitsu forever. I want to be a black belt in jujitsu. Um, I, I kind of envision, um, obviously time constraints happen, but I kind of envision like doing jujitsu four four times a week and maybe a striking, a striking class once a week or once every other week, you know, just again to get the fundamentals down, um, and to understand the basic concepts. Um, Are we ever going to see you in the in the MMA ring, like amateur MMA? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'd go. I'd go to that. Uh, for sure. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't want to get punched in the head. Uh, not a, not for not for fun, anyways. Um, you make too much money with your fingers to risk getting the head in the ring. <laughs> gotta gotta type the keyboard, man. <laughs> so yeah, so I want to jujitsu will always be my main thing, um, but explore you know other other aspects of striking. And when it comes to self-defense, like, you know, the fight always typically starts on your feet, right? And if you can avoid going to the ground, that'd be great. But 
most of the time it ends up on the ground and right. So, um, if I'm on my feet, I can always run away or, you know, create space or create distance. But if I get to a point, if he, if the person tackles me, you know, I have no choice but to engage. And so or surprises you or exactly. And so, and, and I just enjoy jujitsu so much. It's always going to be my main thing. You know, it's a, it's a practical skill, but it's also a sport. I just, I love the sport of jujitsu as well. And so, um, it's always going to be my main thing, but, um, I'd like to incorporate some sort of striking as well. Um, maybe more tied to incorporate the elbows and the kicks and stuff. Um, very cool, man. So uh, this has been great. It's been an interesting, very interesting to hear about like how you started and where you've come and why you love it so much. And uh, heck, I'm like, I'm gonna go Google where my closest gym is at and go try it out a couple of times. Um, maybe I can go during lunch. <laughs> I can get away from work. Well, most gyms typically give you one free week, so you can go to two or three classes, give it a shot. They'll probably lend you a gi and you know see how you. See That'd how be you cool. Like That'd be awesome. Um, I guess we, 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 we want to ask you the, your personal creed question, but before that, do you have anything else you'd like to say about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that we didn't ask? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's an awesome sport. If, if you're thinking about trying it, just give it a shot. Um, you know, a lot of people try it and they get, like I said, they get the Jiu-Jitsu, jiu-jitsu bug and they just, they get addicted and they love it. Um, it happens at, at our gym all the time. It happened to me. Um, it's a great sport. Um, it's a practical skill. So, Give it a shot. I know that um, one of the podcasts I listen to sometimes is uh, Jocko Willink. Yeah. And he's really into it. And he's, his big thing is like, he's always got a gi on him. And he's like, I'll just go to my car, get my bag, and we can roll. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. Anytime, any, anywhere, anybody says anything, it's like, yeah, let's, let's get into it. You know, he's just like, he's almost like an advocate, right? I mean, he's he's been doing it for so many years, and he's, you know, black belt and everything else. But Yeah, I listened to, to him quite a bit, and he, yeah, he loves it, and so... Jiu-jitsu is awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, well, thank you so much. Uh, one of the things we do want to hear from you that we ask every guest is uh, about your personal creed. So a creed is a set of beliefs or principles that guides your actions. Uh, this could be a mantra or a quote or or just something that you believe strongly. Uh, was wondering if you could share part of uh, your creed with us today. Yeah. And with our audience. Sure. Um so first and foremost, like my faith is very important to me. And so my faith in Jesus Christ is the center focus of my life. And, and part of that belief system is, is my family, um, and doing what's best for them. Um, and then as, as far as jujitsu fits into that is, uh, challenging myself, you know, you know, I've listened to this podcast and, and I've tried to incorporate different things of, of listening to you know, to, to the different podcasts and like, what can I do to like, and that's kind of what I've taken away from your guys's podcast is what can I do to challenge myself? And so participating in the tournaments, I didn't have to do that. I can just go to jujitsu to the jujitsu gym and do jujitsu, but I wanted to challenge myself. Right. And so, um, you know, part of my creed, I think is just challenging myself each and every day and, and exploring, new new things that i haven't considered like i said earlier i wasn't a runner but by golly if i'm not going to challenge myself and try to do a half marathon or a full marathon at some point i'm going to do it just to to try to challenge myself and that's um i think that's one pete nugget of my creed where jujitsu fits in is just challenging myself each and every day to um 
to new things and, and new skills and um, to be better. To be better. Yeah. That, that's awesome, man. And uh, you've actually challenged uh, me, and Ethan, to something recently. I did. It, and uh, remind me what it's called again. The bone frog. The bone nice. frog, right? Yep. It's a bone frog. It's a it's a um, optical course racing. If you've heard of Spartan, Spartan's I think the most reputable company. Um, then they have like Savage Race or Tough Mudder. And this one we're doing is the Bone Frog. And so we're going to do a six mile, six mile run with 30 obstacles within the run. Do you have to do burpees? Because I know that Spartan, if you don't do the obstacle, you have to do like five burpees. So, the, so since burpees. we're not competing, right, we're just doing it for fun. We're challenging ourselves. Um, that will be optional. I probably will not do the burpees. Um, six miles, I mean... For me, right, six miles is a long way. And yeah. I get out there like at, at one point I was running like three miles a day or three miles like three four times a week. And when I was done with that three miles, I was like, I'm smoked. Yeah, right. So I'm gonna have to to train for. Yeah, I'll have I mean, to train is, as yeah. well. I'll have yeah. to train as well. So it's not like you can just show up and. I mean, we could walk the whole thing, but we're not challenging ourselves oh, yeah, yeah. if we do that. Like, so I'm gonna train for the for for it a little bit. Yeah, I know Ethan's already signed up. Uh, I have, I have yet to sign up, but I will. I think it'll be a lot of fun to do it oh, together. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you for challenging us on that. And, yeah. and thank you for say, your anybody else in the Charlotte area. If you're interested <laughs> in joining team Creed at the bone frog on bone frog. September 11th, 10 a.m. Yeah. Wave. Come on. 1030, yeah. 1030, <laughs> 1030. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you. Um, you know, speaking with us about your passion. I always love that. Okay. Thanks. Happy. Happy to come. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, hopefully we can apply what we learned today and build that creed together. All right. Let's do it.